the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What's going on, everybody? It's another Al Gatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, of course, the unmistakable tones of Ozzy Osbourne and his lead guitarist at the time. This from the Diary of a Madman album, Over the Mountain, uh, Randy Rhodes, who tragically died on uh, March 19, 1982. You know, he only played on um, two of Ozzy's solo albums, Blizzard of Oz and Diary of a Madman. This is after he had left Black Sabbath and decided to go out solo. And he grabs Randy Rhodes, who at the time was the co-founder and original guitarist of Quiet Riot. People forget that. You know, he was part of that L.A. scene, that L.A. metal that was starting to come up. And um, Randy tragically died. And I remember, I was in sixth grade when Randy Rhodes passed away. And I remember, I don't remember where I was at that moment in March uh, of 1982. It was March 19th that he passed away. I do remember that I was in sixth grade. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was sometime in the afternoon when it happened. I know I found out when I got home, and I was probably um, I was probably later getting home because I was a part of it was an after school program that we had at school, and we played field hockey in the gym and whatever. But I remember it was like, wow, Randy Rhodes. I mean, far too young. And I remember reading interviews and hearing interviews from Ozzy. You know, later on in his career, saying about how devastated he was that he lost Randy Rhodes. And, you know, he's had a slew of guitarists since. But Randy, I guess he felt obviously way too young and very much a kindred spirit. And it's interesting what could have could have been uh, moving forward had Randy uh, stayed with Ozzy, you know, for a longer period of di- time. And they had done more music together. So uh, it was uh, March the 19th of 1982. Now listen, we got a great show for you tonight and a great craft beer guest that's joining me for two segments because I'm going to be live at his brewery. And you know all the ways to follow me, including the Hopped Up Network. Uh, head over to thehoppedupnetwork.com. After the program, the live show's over. You can listen to the podcast version uh, a couple minutes after the live show ends. Now, coming up in, te- in uh, 10 minutes, the first of two segments from Coney Island Brewery. Jim Betts, the, uh, actually not 10 minutes, it's going to be 20 minutes. I don't know why, I had this written down a certain way, and then I, I didn't, you know, <sighs> ladies and gentlemen, I hate when I do things and they don't come out right. Uh, I'm writing in a Word file the other day, and I remember, I wrote originally that it was going to be, Jim Betts was going to be on from Coney Island Brewery, from the brewery, for two segments. And then I was going to do suds and duds at the end, but I'm flipping it. We're going to have two news segments and then at the end of the second news segment, we're going to be live from Coney Island Brewery. 
Jim Betts, the head brewer, is going to join me. He's doing some cool things, and I wanted to spotlight some of the great beers that he's making that you can only drink at this brewery located right on an iconic stretch of boardwalk in Brooklyn. Now, that's coming up in 20 minutes, okay? And I promise you, it's going to be fun. Jim used to be um, one of the brewers at Wet Ticket Brewing in Rahway, New Jersey, and then he got the job at Coney Island a number of years ago um, and moved up to head brewer. And, you know, it's great. And he makes some great stuff. And you might not know that he's the head brewer at Coney Island. For those that don't know, Coney Island Brewery is owned by Samuel Adams. It's owned by Boston Beer. So, you know, there's some different things here, and we'll get into all of it uh, with Jim from the brewery itself. I taped the interview on Thursday with Jim. We'll talk to him coming up in 20 minutes. But we got news to get to, so let's dive into it. Our good friends from the Craft Beer Marketing Awards have announced the extension of their Show Us Your Favorite Tattoo Charity category until May 1st uh, of 2023. The category open at thecrushies.com to anyone age 21 and older who wants to enter their favorite tattoo for a chance to win a global crushy trophy for themselves and their tattoo artist. All you have to do is 50 bucks to enter your favorite tattoo with all proceeds donating donated to the Michael James Jackson Foundation of Scholarships. And as Garrett Oliver, the founder and chair of MJF and the brewmaster of the Brooklyn Brewery, we are helping literally change the face of American brewing. We have sent more people of color to Cybel Institute of Technology last year than had attended the entire previous decade. The MJF is about genuine and lasting change. The first 250 to enter their tattoo automatically receives Post Malone's World Pong League for free. It's a $25 value, compliments of Spin Master Games. So 50 bucks, you're getting 25 bucks back in the game, and you get a chance to, um, you know, to win a crushy with your favorite tattoo and your tattoo artist as well. Uh, the winner and their tattoo artist will be awarded a complimentary personalized global crushy trophy and a gift bag. All tattoos will be displayed in a special thank you winner's gallery and be promoted with a media tour. And as Jim McCune, one of the co-founders of the CMBA, says, tattoos are empowering, they look awesome, and they just make life cooler. Tattoos and craft beer are synonymous. The award ceremony, of course, May 8th, 2023 at the Craft Brewers Conference for additional information. All you got to do is head over to the Craft Beer, Craft Beer Marketing Awards.com. We're down to the final four in the March Madness Fun at Paragon Tap and Table. Uh, the left side of the bracket will be Oak Flower going up against Alternate Ending. The right side of the bracket has Ashton Brewing, who won last year, against Coastal Brewworks. Now, uh, by the time you listen to this, we will probably have a winner, or at least we'll have the final two. We'll get that information to you on social media as soon as we get it. Usually I'll post it up on Instagram, so definitely be following me on Instagram, at Gatulo. that's G-A-T-T. U-double-L-O. And, of course, the winner gets their beer on tap at Paragon Tap and Table for three consecutive months, which is cool. Speaking of March Madness, Departed Souls, Jersey City, great place to go. We've had Brian Kulbacki on the show many times. Uh, they are riffing on last year's St. Peter's Celebratory Beer Busted Bracket, uh, a, spe- a super limited special release honoring FDU and Princeton, who won last weekend to break brackets as 15 and 16 seeds, which is pretty cool. Uh, they tweaked the label quite a bit. They borrowed some images from the World Wide Web. They did some Photoshop magic, generously speaking, as they say. And the local Minuteman Press hooked them up. They uh, they went on a brand new beer that was slated to be released last Saturday. It was supposed to be called Jersey Avenue Juice, but it's the bucket uh, busted bracket 
uh, beer of Jersey Avenue Juice. It's a 5.6% tangerine IPA. They may be sold out by the time you get there, but we're just relaying the information because that is pretty cool, and kudos to you, Brian. Tickets are now on sale for the 7th Annual Vale Craft Beer Classic, which will take place June 16th and 17th at Vale Village in Vale, Colorado. It's an all-inclusive mountainside craft beer festival that brings more than 50 breweries and beverage makers will be pouring their top craft beers, seltzers and ciders, live music, keg bowling, and more. Tickets for Friday and Saturday sessions are on sale now. It's brought to you by Team Player Productions, the event producers who bring you beloved annual events such as the Boulder Creek Festival and the Denver Burger Battle. Um, This year's festival features a fun twist. Attendees and brewers can vote for the best beer of summer in the People's Choice and Brewer's Choice category. Uh, The Brewer's Choice Three Lucky Breweries awarded gold, silver, and bronze tap handles that can be displayed for a year. The People's Choice is voted by Vail Craft Beer Classic attendees will be deemed best beer of the summer. There are two tasting sessions. Friday is from 4 to 7 p.m., Saturday from 2 to 5 p.m. If you get early access, that's at 3.30 on Friday, 1.30 on Saturday. The general admission tickets, $45 plus fees. The early access tickets are $50 plus fees. Uh, The extra uh, ticket... Uh, The VIP ticket includes early access, a half hour prior to general admission, as well as a VIP commemorative glass. And they got keg bowling this year. It's exactly what it sounds like. Roll a keg on wheels. Try to knock down the most kegs. Keg bowling, a pay-to-play. Tickets are on sale now to get ahead of the lines. Those that knock down all six will be entered to win a prize package for Vail Oktoberfest coming up in September. For all of the information, just head over to VailCraftBeerClassic.com. And, uh... We got two other things here before we head to break. Good friends at uh, Dogfish Head, the official beer of Record Store Day for eight consecutive years, celebrating this year's holiday, which is slated for Saturday, April 22nd. It's the release of a new music themed beer. It's called Catchy Chorus. It's brewed in collaboration with Record Store Day, which is an organization dedicated to showcasing the culture of independently owned record stores. Catchy Chorus, a double dry hop, double IPA, inspired by the four magic chords, E, B, C, uh, C sharp, C sharp, yeah, C sharp and A, right, that make up many of the world's most popular melodies. Or is it C? I don't know. They have the number sign. What's the number sign again? It's not C sharp. C minor? I don't remember. Anyway, you'd think I remember with my trumpet skills. Anyway, blending Eureka, Bravo, Calypso, and Azaka hops, E, B, C, and A. Catchy chorus comes together in hop and grain harmony, building an unforgettable sensory song. It clocks in at 9% ABV, which is pretty good. It's a four-pack and 16-ounce cans. Uh, it is making its way to taps and shelves in the Mid-Atlantic and New, uh, New England regions now. You can track some down using Dogfish Head's Fish Finder. Now, what's really cool is they're teaming up with Brooklyn Bowl to host record store day-themed events in select cities across the country. One of them happens to be in Brooklyn, which will take place from noon to 3 p.m. It's a daytime record fair that will serve as the official kickoff to this year's record store day festivities. Uh, they're going to have you know all of these different things going on, sipping beer and spinning music. Sam Calagione from Dogfish Head will be there. Carrie Colleton? Colleton? Colleton. Maybe it's Colleton. I hope. Uh, she's the co-founder of Record Store Day. Lenny Kay, the guitarist for the Pat Smith, Patty Smith Group and curator of Nuggets Compilation. Monty Melnick, who was the former tour manager for the Ramones. Lots of other people will be there. 
It's free and open to the public. Dogfish.com slash events for more information. Then they're going to have an after party. Uh, pigeons playing ping pong. The first 20 fans uh, to arrive at the show and visit the Dogfish Head pop-up will receive a copy of Pigeon playing uh, ping pong's new record store day vinyl signed by the band as well as Sam Calagione. The doors open at 6. The show starts at 8. And uh, you can go to, uh, I'm trying to think, of ticketweb.com. Uh, f- uh, for 30 bucks each, you can get tickets for that as well. Now, when we come back after a short break, we're going to have some more news and notes. And then we're going to talk to Jim Betts, the brewer at Coney Island Brewery, directly from the brewery. Coming up, uh, coming up in just a few minutes, but first, news and notes. But first, a commercial break right here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Oh, yeah, Turbo Lover, released this week uh, back in 1986. Oh, God. Welcome back to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. I, I, honestly, there's a couple of decent tracks on Turbo Lover. Uh, this is the one that they play in concert all the time, and I just can't stand it. I sing it. I know the words. Uh, I'm a Judas Priest fan, but this is not... One of my favorite albums, although Rob Alford talks about how much he loved this album and loved doing it. It's too synthesized. It's too, it just was not, I understood why Judas Priest was doing what they did to take the band in a different direction. It's part of the reason why Dave Holland left, because they basically didn't need him for a drummer. They had a drum machine doing all of his beats. So, um, no, I'm not a fan of this album. As much as Rob Halford loves it, I don't. Now, uh, we were supposed to have Jim Betts on the program from Coney Island Brewery. Unfortunately, some things came up, and I was not able to get out uh, to Coney Island, uh, and so Jim and I are going to have to reschedule, um, and we're hoping to do that for some time next month. He's just uh, waiting to give me his production schedule, and when he's got a free moment where we can sit down and do 15, 20 minutes uh, on, uh, you know, on the brewery. So once we get that rebooked, uh, I will certainly let you know. Now, we have a lot of news and notes, so we're going to probably go guestless here uh, for the rest of the way. So we've got a lot of news. So let's dive into it. So for you folks who drink, and that may be many of you that listen to this program, Americans spent billions on spontaneous drunk purchases last year. How many? One in six Americans, that's 45 million, admitted to shopping under the influence, according to the latest drunk shopping survey from Finder, which is an annual survey of roughly 2,000 U.S. adults, were asked about their drinking and shopping habits. Now, while the number of people buying items after drinking is down compared to last year, Drunken shoppers are still spending a lot. Collectively, Americans spent $14 billion on drunk purchases in the past 12 months, down from last year's more than $21 billion. Um, all right, so 
14 billion in 2022, tw- uh, 21 billion uh, the year before. That's what I'm assuming here. Uh, now, according to this 2020 survey by Finder, so this is two, three years ago, 69.7% of Americans drink at least one alcoholic beverage per week. On average, American drinkers consume eight alcoholic drinks per week. That sounds about right. The most commonly consumed alcohol beverage by men? Beer. 63.7% of men drinking at least one beer a week. Compared to women who tend to favor wine, 46.2% of women having at least one glass per week. Millennials and Gen X are consuming the largest amount of alcoholic beverages weekly, both consuming an average of just a hair under nine drinks per week. Uh, Americans on average spend the most per glass of wine, $11.86, and the least on a can of beer at $7.57. Those numbers sound about right. Now, what are drunk Americans buying? Well, the most common purchases include shoes, clothes or accessories at 47%, food at 47%, so they're tied, alcohol at 34%, the food thing I can see, gambling 34%, that's pretty high, cigarettes 34%, I get it, drinking and smoking, and DVDs, movies, or streaming services at 25%. Motor vehicles come out on top as the most expensive category at an average spend of $2,000. Food was the top choice for boomers at 45%. Alcohol, the most popular option for Gen X at 45%. Shoes, clothes, or accessories were most commonly bought by both Gen Y at 52% and Gen Z at 44%. Um, fewer women are shopping under the influence than men. Women at 10%, men at 26%. Gen Y sips and shops the most often at 33%, followed by Gen Z at 28%. But both, both, excuse me, are most commonly splurging on shoes, clothes, and accessories. This comes from AmericanCraftBeer.com, a great resource. Um, and the West showed, the West region showed the highest percentage of people admitting to drunk shopping with 20% of adults in that region saying they had shopped drunk in the past year, followed by 18% of the people drunk shopping in the South, 17% in the Northeast, 15%. In the Midwest. Interesting study. Uh, I'm not surprised at this. Uh, People do make purchases, you know, while they're drinking. Just, you know, be responsible about it. You know what I mean? What's your thoughts on it? Let me know. Um, The uh, French cheese board and Torch and Crown, we're going to do that beer and cheese pairing. It looks like it's going to happen on Tuesday, April 18th. Just getting a confirmation of the date for that Tuesday. Uh, It'll probably be from 530 to to 8 uh, p.m., uh, it was supposed to be three cheeses, three different styles of beer. I think it's going to be more like five cheeses and five different styles of beer. And again, Torch and Crown is the brewery that will be supplying the beers. I hope to have more information either a little bit later in this show or on our next program. Uh, what else is going on? Oh, listen to this one. This is a good one. Um, there could be more booze coming soon to a mall near you. Apparently, New Jersey legislators are considering a proposal that would expand the eligibility of alcohol sales within large shopping malls. Under a measure discussed by an assembly panel this past Monday, a special permit separate from a typical liquor license could be issued to food and drink establishments within the mall, including at the food court. Representing Westfield Garden State Plaza, John Bogachal said the proposed change would be timely as malls work to reinvigorate themselves in an e-commerce society. He says a key component of that is the hospitality industry. The trend in the hospitality industry in centers like ours is towards your local restaurateur or regional restaurateur. That's actually what's attracting people more and more. This and other measures related to liquor licenses coming off the back burner as the Murphy administration is trying to overhaul the current system. Now, speaking for the New Jersey Licensed Beverage Association, Jeff Warsh said in addition Uh, In addition to the number of liquor allowances, uh, uh, would likely hurt the anchor mall locations 
that are selling alcohol already, and I don't disagree with him. It'd be harder to get the revenue that they used to get. Lawmakers argued that malls themselves would be the ones making the decisions about which businesses fill vacancies and receive the special permits, and they wouldn't make moves that could harm other tenants. Under the bill, the available number of permits would vary based on the size of the shopping mall. A price would be attached to renewing the permit each year. Here's why this idea is dumb. So you're going to go to a food court in a mall, and let's say you go to, um, I, I don't know, what's you know a pizza joint in the mall, a Sabaro. I know Sabaros aren't there anymore, but let's just say it's a pizza joint in the mall. So you're going to buy a beer there? They're going to have like one or two different selections of beer? How much beer or liquor is this person going to be allowed to buy? And would they buy it? Would it be a benefit? Would, be, would it be a cost-benefit to them, right? Um, you know, a Chinese restaurant, a Panda Express, you're going to sell beer? All of a sudden, you're going to have Zing, Zing Zhao with your, uh, you know, or a Sapporo with your, uh, with your meal in the food court? I don't know if this is such a great idea. I think it's kind of misguided. And also, people aren't going to malls. You're not drawing them back by saying, oh, by the way, we have liquor in the food court. It doesn't make sense. I don't understand the legislators. I, you know, uh, Governor Murphy with the I can't is bad enough. This seems just totally short-sighted. Can we fix the current issues that are going on in New Jersey right now to help the breweries and help other establishments? Then work on a broader picture. Fix the initial problem that you have right now and then deal with the rest of the stuff. It's the dumbest thing I ever heard. As usual, Jersey, one step forward, eight steps back. It's ridiculous. I'm sorry. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Finally, uh, we mentioned the uh, whale watching event that Finback Brewery is doing on Saturday, May 20th of this year at Blackstone River uh, in Pawtucket, Rhode Island, a beautiful park. You get to watch whales. The general admission price is 89 bucks. All access ticket is $179. It's going to be great. Um, A whole bunch of different breweries are going to be there. Uh, and I, let me run down the list for you because they've released a number of the different breweries that are going to be there. Now, this takes place from 1230 to 5 p.m. The location is 249 Roosevelt Avenue in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. Uh, it, it's going to be great. Again, $89 for the general admission ticket. You get a sample glass for that uh, and unlimited samples. And then for 179 bucks, you get in at 1230. You get an access to the exclusive all-access area. You get two bottles of barrel-aged stout exclusive to to the Whale Watching Festival. You get a T-shirt, you get a glass, you get a a lot of stuff for that $179. Here's some of the breweries that are going to be there. Barrier, Bearded Iris, Bottle Logic, um, Fidens, Fox Farm, KCBC, Magnify, uh, Narragansett, North Park, Oology, um, Root and Branch, Sand City, Tripping Animals, Vitamin C, Widowmaker, Whiplash, uh, a, t- a, a, a tided barn, Southern Grist. There is a ton of breweries, and they're releasing more every day. So this is a great ticket. They also have designated driver tickets. If you're not interested in drinking, you just want to see the whales, which is really cool. Uh, they're going to have food vendors there as well. I honestly wish I could make the event. I cannot. That's the same day as Beer, Bacon, Barbecue, uh, which tickets are on sale for that right now. NJBeerBBQFest.com. Uh, the link to that one, that's from uh, noon to 5 p.m. Noon to 1 is the VIP hour. 1 to 5 is the uh, general admission. And uh, Mr. Lovejoy will be doing the music. And the one-hour buffet, if you get the VIP hour, Chef Chris Massey, who always does a great job, will be doing that again. NJBeerBBQFest.com for tickets. For that, for whale watching, just head over to Eventbrite, look up Finback Brewery or Whale Watching, and you can get uh, the tickets there. Both events are going to be fantastic. A lot of stuff going on in May. It's going to be a lot of fun. When we come back after a short break, we got more news and notes going on on this program. We've got tons of news. 
We're going to have some fun here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Welcome back to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer for those metalheads. You know this. Man of War, baby. Fighting the world. Uh, this was, uh, what was this? The se- their second release in 1987. What a great album. I-, I had forgotten how good this album was. And again, Man of War is out of, the catalog is out of print. You can't buy it. I found it on YouTube, um, you know, and was able to capture the album, uh, so to speak. So I'm able to, you know, play stuff from it. I forgot how good that album really was. Orson Welles doing, you know, a voiceover. It's phenomenal. Anyway, we got a, uh, we actually have a guest coming up. The final segment of the show. Um, uh, this was a last minute thing, but I'm glad we were able to put it together. So coming up in 10 minutes, Dan Vorlage, the executive director of the Steel Keg Association, uh, will join me. Uh, there's a new awards program that's honoring sustainability-minded hospitality businesses. Uh, they're accepting nominations for those people. And they're going to give out uh, charity, uh, you know, uh, money to charity and awards and all kinds of stuff. We'll get into it all with Dan uh, in just about 10 minutes from now. I think you'll find it um, very interesting, which was uh, cool that we were able to get a guest uh, at the last minute because I honestly thought we were going to go guestless this week. So that's cool. You never know what's going to happen on this show. Um, Sanook, uh, a division of Decker's Brands, uh, has teamed up with Stone Brewing for a limited edition capsule collection. What is a capsule collection? Well... It's an earth-conscious collaboration that celebrates the Southern California life, uh, Live Buena lifestyle where uh, Stone Buena Vesa, Salt and Lime Lager, and Sanuk Sandals meet the Pacific Sands. So these are sandals that have been um, designed by Sanuk and Stone, which is really cool. So um, the premium lineup of men's and women's summer styles made with natural materials like hemp, recycled plastic, and rubber along with bio-based materials like bloom foam. So there's... A number of different um, sandals and flip-flops and stuff designed for women and men, um, which is really cool. The Senuk Sling ST Time Stone is a woman's sandal decked out in colorful custom stone Buena Vista graphics with waves, palms, cacti, gargoyles, and lotus flowers printed on the iconic stretch-knit sling upper strap crafted with Unify Reprieve, our ocean fibers, uh, sourced from bottles at high risk of entering the ocean, a high-rebound footbed with killer arch support and a recycled sponge rubber outsole. Pretty cool. Uh, then there's a flip-flop um, that uses recycled materials. Then there's a men's and women's sidewalk surfer uh, offering a classic transitional style for day-to-night comfort. Uh, that's called Sanook. You got my brew uh, ST Time Stone. Then there's a Sanook Ziggy ST uh, Stone. It's a water-friendly men's sandals. Take you comfortably from the beach to the brewery and beyond. Um, it'll have a tonal Stone Buena Vesa printed footbed. And then the Senuk Bixby Stone, it's a men's sandal featuring a new water-friendly design so you can slide right out of the water and into these with a fresh beer in hand. Pretty cool. Uh, check out, um, they're available 
online at the at sanuk.com s a n u k.com and in store at all stone brewing tap rooms and select premier retail uh, premier retailers uh the retail prices range from 40 to $65 for those sandals so kudos to our good friends from stone and sanuk for teaming up for that cuz it's you know in san diego it's a whole beach lifestyle if you if you've been there you go to the beaches that's what it is it's all about surfing it's all about um, sustainability and trying to clean things up, but it's about relaxing in the water and getting out. And the flip flops never go out of style in San Diego. They're they're around, you know, for the entire season, even though they've dealt with a lot of rain uh, over the last several months. Trogues has announced uh, the completion of its year long packaging line expansion project. Uh, they broke ground last March uh, on a fifteen thousand square foot addition to the northwest corner of the facility. The new space now expands upon its existing packaging hall, houses a state-of-the-art canning line installed at the beginning of this year. Ten different Trogues co-workers spent time across the country taking notes from the manufacturers of the can filler, uh, the uh, box maker, and conveyor systems. They're using cutting-edge equipment. It allows for wraps for 12-ounce six-packs as well as 16-ounce four-packs. And additionally, the canning line is able to fill 19.2-ounce cans, stovepipe cans, which will allow Trogues to reach new consumers and occasions in venues and convenience stores. So this is a whole new thing uh, for Trogues that will allow them to get beer out more efficiently um, and, uh, you know, on a, on, a, on a more rapid pace, which is really, really cool. So kudos to Trogues. Uh, for completing that project. Now, our friends from Death of the Fox Brewing, they are expanding to a second location. Now, before you people in New Jersey start screaming, you can't have another business in Jersey. Well, Death of the Fox can because they're a coffee shop as well as a brewery. So they're expanding the coffee end of things. Their newest location, 100 High Street West, right across from Rowan Boulevard at Glassboro Town Square. High Grounds Coffee Roasters by Death of the Fox will be a beautiful, large, Rustic industrial coffee house that'll have an expanded coffee roastery, over 2,000 square feet of table and bar seating with huge windows, sidewalk seating outside looking across to the scenic Glassboro Town Square. High Grounds will not only offer all of the delicious coffee and espresso offerings available at the Death of the Fox Brewing Company, but they'll also offer food offerings like breakfast and lunch sandwiches, paninis, hot soups, and tons of bakery items from Lisco's Bakery, which is fantastic. Now, again, no beer. Um, they will be offering a host of healthy non-alcoholic options like kombucha, mocktails, uh, Death of the Fox non-alcoholic craft beer, hop water, and creative fruit blends, of course. Death of the Fox craft beer will still be available in their Clarksboro location. The estimated open, opening date is August. Uh, many more details forthcoming. Uh, wanted to share. They wanted to share the news right away. So uh, got to get Chuck Garrity on the program. Obviously, he's been in the forefront of fighting all these restrictions in New Jersey. But this is cool that he's expanding his business, the coffee end of it, uh, to another location, which is uh, really, really cool. So kudos to Death of the Fox, and uh, good luck with that. That is going to be huge. Now, we've been talking about the Atlantic City Beer and Music Festival. John Henderson, I'm supposed to be taping something with him this coming week. Uh, we will hopefully air it on next week's program if I get him on the, uh, if I get him on the line next week. Um, again, June 3rd and 4th, Bader Field. Dropkick Murphys on Saturday from 2 to 6, 311 from, uh, from noon to 4 on Sunday, June 4th. 70 bucks for tickets. Now, here's the deal. The prices are going up on April 1st. $75 for tickets. If you want to get in on the hops trot, it's $120. Um, if they're at the gate, if they're available, obviously they're going to go up again uh, to $85. You can do VIP. There's a lot of different things that you can do here. However, if you want to get your tickets and not have to pay taxes or service fees, uh, the folks from uh, Good Time Tricycles 
are going to be at a number of different places uh, across New Jersey. Uh, they will be at Cape May Brewing uh, this coming Wednesday. They will be at April 1st and 2nd. They will be at the Trenton, uh, Trenton Punk Rock Flea Market. On April 5th, they're going to be at the Vagabond Kitchen Tap House. On April 18th, they'll be at Evil Genius. On April 26th, they're going to be at Alternate Ending, uh, which I may actually stop by there because it's not that far from me in Aberdeen. Uh, and on May 4th, they'll be at Farm Truck Brewing. And then on May 21st, they will be at Ship Bottom Brewing um, on Long Beach Island. Again, if you go to any of those locations on those dates and just head over to their Facebook page, facebook.com slash ACBeerFest, you will get all the details right there. Scroll down, you'll get them. Uh, if you get that, if you if you if you go to one of those locations, no taxes, no fees. Bring cash. If you bring a credit card, they're going to whack you, obviously, for fees. But if you bring cash, you get them for sixty five bucks. You can't beat it. You can't beat it. Music, beer, all included in the price for sixty five dollars for four hours. Come on, find me a better spot. You won't. Uh, and then finally, uh, Paragon Tap and Table doing a beer dinner next month with Lawson's finest uh, Lawton's finest liquids. So it is Thursday, April 13th, starts at 6 p.m. You're going to get five different beers. You'll have a welcome beer with hors d'oeuvres served with a pint of Super Session IPA, then a salad paired with Scrag Mountain Pilsner, an appetizer paired with Hazy Rays IPA, uh, the dinner will be paired with Sip of Sunshine IPA, and then dessert will be paired with Mad River Maple Amber Ale. The food menu is going to follow. Uh, you can reserve now by calling 732-931-1776. Ask for the manager on duty. It's $75 per person. Excludes tax and service fees. Obviously, your tip is not included. But for 75 bucks, five beers, four courses, that's a pretty good dinner. And Paragon does a great job. Chef Juan does a phenomenal job uh, putting the food together to pair with the beer. Again, 732-931-1776. Uh, Thursday, April 13th at 6 p.m. It's $75 per person. Excludes tax and service fees. Now, I'll be at another event in the city that night, actually, with Sam Calagione from Dogfish Head. Otherwise, I absolutely would have been at that beer dinner. It was a different day. I certainly would have been there because I love um, uh, Lawson's Finest Liquids. They are fantastic. So I definitely would have been there at that dinner. Uh, but unfortunately, i got to be with Sam Calagione. That's how it works. When we come back after a short break, Dan Verlage, the executive director of the Steel Keg Association, will join me. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. The unmistakable tones of Richie Blackmore's guitar, Richie Blackmore's rainbow, as we come back here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer, the final segment, which is usually suds and duds, but today we're doing things a little bit differently, as my uh, next guest on the program is the executive director of the Steel Keg Association. There's a new awards program that uh, that's honoring sustainability-minded hospitality businesses, which is now accepting nominations uh, for awards. So how can you get involved? We're going to get into that in just a moment. But for more information on the website, just head to steelkegassociation.org and then a forward slash keg champion. But let me welcome onto the Craft Beer Cast for the first time, uh, Dan Vorlage. Dan, how are you? Great, great. Thanks for having me on, Al. You're welcome. Dan, what is the Steel Keg Association? Well, the, the Steel Keg Association was really kind of born out of COVID. Unfortunately, you know, sometimes you can't really appreciate something until it's gone, mm-hmm. and we all had to go without draft beer for a period of time there. And I think a lot of people woke up to how important 
draft beer is to the beer community and and to uh, bars and restaurants and to, of course to consumers and and so coming out of that i actually work for a company called microstar logistics which you may be familiar with that has we own six million kegs that have our blue m star on them so you see them in bars and uh, around the country um so we have a vested interest in in the um, in the in the draft beer uh, market. So we we step forward as well as uh, the global leaders in the keg supply chain, keg manufacturers, and others to found the Steel Keg Association. And it's a marketing organization with the mission to increase the volume of beer and and uh, other beverages served from from steel kegs. And so uh, this awards program that you're having, uh, that you want people to take part in, how does someone nominate someone? Do they go to the website and they fill out a form and, and just submit uh, you know, their favorite bar or their favorite brewery that's that's using kegs? That's right. I mean, the, the, real, the real play here is that anybody who likes draft beer, anybody who serves draft beer, any brewer that has draft beer as part of their business is really a keg champion. Mm-hmm. So we want everybody to get involved. And so... The core of the pro- program is anybody can nominate any bar, uh, restaurant, or brewery to be a keg champion. And so every nominated, um, every nominated business will get a keg champion recognition package. Cool. And so it's a sticker, it's a window cling, it's a back-of-house uh, information poster, and a recognition letter. So we really want as many nominations as possible. Uh, and, then, and as you said at the beginning of the show, you can uh, nominate through our website. Uh, which you you uh, you mentioned, I, and I will give that in just a second. We're talking with Dan Vorlage, the the executive director of the Steel Keg Association. There's a new awards program going on honoring sustainability minded hospitality businesses. As Dan said, it could be your favorite bar, it could be your favorite restaurant that serves draft beer, it could be your favorite brewery. Uh, they're now accepting nominations. For more info and to nominate a business, just head over to steelkegassociation.org forward slash keg champion. We're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Now, I know you mentioned uh, the awards, but how many awards will you give out, and, and how is it determined? Is it just determined by nomination, or, you know, obviously there's a limit to how many, how many awards you're giving out? Yeah, it's been great. I mean, we, we announced the awards last week. We've already got nearly 1,000 nominated companies. Awesome. And so it's going to be pretty hard to kind of go through them all, uh, but we do have a, an awards uh, selection committee. Members of the Steel Keg Association are going through it, and we're really looking for three things. We're looking for businesses that value sustainability. Mm-hmm. We're looking for businesses uh, that understand the economic benefits that Steel Kegs deliver to bars and restaurants, and then we're looking for businesses that really um, take pride in how they present draft beer because it really is this differentiated experience for consumers. Most consumers can only get draft beer at bars and restaurants. So we're looking for businesses that really present draft beer in a way that, uh, you know, the brewer intended. And so uh, through that criteria, we've got actually, you've got to narrow it down from a couple thousand nominations to seven winners across a range of categories. So it's na- uh, there's a national brewery category, there's a mid-sized brewery category, there's a small brewery category. There's also the restaurant side of the award, so a national restaurant chain, a regional restaurant chain, and we'll also select a, a, a local restaurant chain, as well as an innovation category that we're going to award. So seven awards in total. Each winner will get uh, have $1,000 donated to a charity of their choice, and they'll also be presented with what we believe is the actual literal biggest award in the history of the food and beverage industry because we've uh, custom-made a half-barrel keg and decorated with keg champion 
across the middle of it. So we'll be presenting each of the seven winners with that as well. Oh, that's pretty cool. Now, Dan, why is it so important for those that aren't aware? Why is it so important for sustainability for more bars, et cetera, to use kegs instead of canned or bottled beer? It's so interesting. Kegs have been around for so long, they've kind of faded into the background. And what people have kind of lost sight of, and I was listening to your podcast and, and Rob, the eco-friendly, yeah, oh, yeah. eco-friendly Rob beer, Vanderbilt. talking about reduced yeah, he was talking about reduce, reuse, recycle. It's something we're taught as kids, mm-hmm. but you know, our, you know, we kind of lose track of how simple that is. But there's sort of this fundamental truth that things that are recyclable, a glass bottle or an aluminum can, are great uh, beer delivery systems as an alternative to landfill, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's this great, and it's available in so many places. But what's even more efficient than something that's recyclable is something that's reusable, Right. And that's why so many consumers are using hydroflask um, steel uh, water bottles or Yeti steel water bottles because consumers kind of get that piece of it. It's like, I'm going to use this so I don't have to spend the money on a plastic water bottle. And it's also better for the environment. Mm-hmm. So it's this idea of reusability. People have never really connected the dot between that concept and the power of reusability from a sustainability perspective and the fact that kegs are the original reusable container. When you think about it from that perspective, because kegs are reusable, they actually eliminate 6 billion single-use containers wow. from waste streams every single year. That's, and that's, that's, that's a big number, and uh, people don't realize that. Yeah, and so we've, we hired Deloitte to actually quantify the, the environmental benefit of it. It's pretty remarkable. It saves 400,000 metric tons of greenhouse gas emissions every year mm-hmm. and 500,000 metric tons of waste to landfill every year. Wow. So it's this really cool sustainability story. And then the last part of it is we've, uh, we've learned through this process that when something has a carbon advantage or is a sustainability advantage, it oftentimes has an economic advantage. Mm-hmm. And so draft beer is a really uh, highly profitable part of the bar and restaurant's business. Right, and so we think those that two part benefit sustainability plus an economic advantage is something that's to really be celebrated, especially uh, with some of the pressure bars and restaurants are under today. Uh, we're talking with Dan Vorlage, the executive director of the Steel Keg Association, this new awards programming uh, uh, honoring sustainability minded hospitality businesses. They're accepting nominations now uh, to nominate a business. Just head over to steelkegassociation.org forward slash a keg champion here on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. It's funny you say that about, you know, reusability. In Iceland, a buddy of mine was just there not too long ago. They don't even have plastic bottles of water. They hand you a cup and you walk around the entire time with this cup, filling it up with a glass of water. That's how they get you to reuse stuff. So uh, I, I think that's a that's a great thing. And it was a great explanation there about using more keg beer. Now, Dan, when do folks have to get their vote in by and when will you announce the winners? Yeah, so uh, we're taking nominations through April 14th, and then we'll announce the seven, winner, uh, the seven winners on April 15th, which happens to be the first day of Earth Week. Awesome. Um, so we, we think the timing's perfect, and like I said, it's, this is really about everybody can be a keg champion, uh, and, but we do have to pick the winners, and so we'll, we'll announce those winners on uh, April 15th. Very cool. And then last question for me, Dan. Uh, if a business doesn't use a lot of keg beer, say a bar just doesn't have a keg system or whatever, and it mostly cans and bottles, et cetera, et cetera, how does the website help them to make an informed decision? 
Um, so our the website really uh, well we have the, the Keg Champion website which is specific to this program. Right. But the actual Steel Keg Association website has all kinds of other uh, informational tools for bars and restaurants for them to be reminded of if they're not familiar with it. The uh, economic benefits is eighty percent contribution margins for bar and restaurants some of the highest margins in their business. And it's because of that power of reusability. We talk about the sustainability facts. We talk about, uh, and we also provide marketing tools for people to activate their draft beer programs. So we understand that a business isn't going to completely pivot and go from very little or no draft beer to become a craft beer bar. Sure. Our whole idea is how to just have a fun, friendly nudge to say, hey, this is something that should be part of your business. Increase it a little bit over time. And from a beer community perspective, um, we think that's the kind of thing that could really benefit uh, the industry. Amen. And, I, you know, I'll say, Al, yeah. I was listening to your, um, your interview with Tim Cook, and I thought what he said was just terrific. He said, the craft beer community will either succeed together or not at all. Yep. And that's partly what we're trying to tap into here is we think draft beer is one of those unifiers mm-hmm. for our industry, right. especially for traditional beer on draft. So we're trying to use this as a tool to bring people together and celebrate one of the things that really makes this community special. And, and Dan, just honestly, it just tastes better. If your tap line is clean <laughs> and you do it the right way, your kegs are clean and your tap lines are clean, draft beer just tastes better than canned and bottled beer. I mean, it's that's the bottom line, right? Oh, I love it. I love it. I'll speak in our language. <laughs> My guest has been Dan Vorlage, the executive director of the Steel Keg Association, their new awards program uh, honoring sustainability-minded hospitality businesses that's now accepting nominations right now. Head over to steelkegassociation.org forward slash keg champion. Dan, thanks so much for joining me tonight. Very much appreciate it. Great. Thanks a bunch, Al. Cheers. You got it. Cheers. My thanks to everybody involved in the program, along with my guest, Dan Vorlage, who was just on the phone. And, of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. Back Monday on the Joe Piscopo Show at 6 a.m., this has been the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Cheers, everybody. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.